The following program was produced by a community producer. The content, views, and opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the community producer and do not reflect Malden Access Television, the City of Malden, or your cable provider. MATV welcomes your comments. Call us at 781-321-6400 or email us at access at matv.org. or in your back hall or in maybe even on your outside uh, back porches or whatever and to get rid of them, bring them down here, we'll dispose of them. You can make a small donation to MATV that helps support what I think is a very productive and um, a very effective organization here in the community. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, Bob, you, you've been uh, involved with the DPW about 25 years? That's correct. That's correct. And how, how, how many years as director? I am, I've been the director since 2012. Prior to that, I was the assistant director for seven yeah. or eight years before yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Marlins, I'm trying to think back uh, 25 years ago, it was a different kind of a job, although even in those days, the city had discontinued picking up rubbish. They had contracted that out years before. Right, and the garbage obviously was no longer part of the the, the uh, efforts of the local employment here at the DPW. Right, right. Actually, when I when I got hired twenty five plus years ago, um, I started out as a, what was called an MEO labor, which was just a uh, basic labor position, and I can still remember the the day um, there was about five of us that got hired at the same time, um, and they at the time the director was Neil Callahan. And they walked us up to the mayor's office to meet the, the mayor, and that's where I met Mr. Lucy. That's it. Yeah. Uh, back back then. So, but you call me time. Mr. Ed in those days, as I recall. Yeah, right? yeah. After yeah. you got permanent. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. That was. I recall that coming up there, and and uh, you know, any new job is, has a little bit of a 
tend to tend to nervousness to it because you're not sure of the, all the players and you still have to learn your way around. But then, uh, yeah, and that was the easy part, I guess. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Time time goes by. Yeah, I um, you know, trying to formulate. Uh, um, I was looking at interesting enough. I was looking at the uh, the, the city uh, sweeping system, and. Uh, I happen to look. I live on Daniel Street, and your street is also on the same day. I didn't realize that. So I would have thought the streets that would be done on Wednesday, which is my day, yeah, um, would be all in that same area. But there's there's a different plan that's set up. So what what happens for the most part is there's two um, residential routes each day where we have two sweepers, and what we try to do is follow the trash route. So in my situation where I live, and, and you as well, the trash day is Tuesday. Right. So the sweeping day is Wednesday, so it kind of goes the day after the trash day for most routes. There are a couple exceptions where that doesn't work out. But for the most part, when this was put together, it was kind of put together with those thought process of uh, being the day after trash day. Yeah. Now, I also, that in, again, getting back to the example that's in the schedule for Daniel Street, it's the first Wednesday is odd size, and the third Wednesday is the even sweep. Um, but I thought this week, which would be the first Wednesday, that they did both sides. Is that sometimes the, the option? So back when um, I became the director, the only one side is enforced with ticketing, but each driver is instructed while they're doing one side, it's just as easy to turn around and come back down the other side. So if it's a street that has very few cars and we have the opportunity to make a sweep on both sides, we will, but again, only one side would be enforceable. So most streets get swept twice a month completely, um, except for, you know, cars that are parked. Right. Now, the commercial area, I saw when I parked my car on Pleasant Street this tonight coming in here, that there's a sign posted about sweeping. It doesn't say when, but it says a, there's a sweeping sign. When do they do the commercial, earlier in the morning? So we have a crew that comes in at 5 a.m., and that's when we do the commercial areas. Every day, seven days a week, while uh, the good weather's here, we do Malvern Square area, which consists of Pleasant Street, Exchange Street, Abbott. This whole square area gets seven days a week swept. But then each morning, a different section of the city of Maine arteries is done. So on Monday, we go down Commercial Street and do some of the ins and outs there. And then Tuesdays, we take from Malden High School all the way down to Linden, and on Wednesdays the reverse. So we hit all the main drags on the early morning route, which is done between 5 and 7 a.m. Oh, wow. So it's in the dark in the winter that there's... Well, in the winter we don't, you know, once we get to, once the, the route's over November, we, in the winter we only go out if it's, uh, you know, above 32 degrees, but there's no enforcement. So, I see. Um, but any day that's above 32 degrees, even in wintertime, we do go out to try to get a sweep on the streets to stay ahead of it. Yeah, yeah. Now, how, how often do they, do they get aggressive about ticketing? So they're out there, they, um, they have, the, the ticket guys have a copy of our routes, and they have a copy this year under Ron Hogan. We've changed it around a little bit where they actually have the exact order that we go in. So they try to go ahead of us so that after a street is swept, even though if it falls in that time frame, they're not tagging people that have already put their cars back. And so uh, they have a ticket guy that follows each sweeper yeah. every day. Yeah, I, I um, and and the uh, so the the standard ticket for if there's a, a parking violation on on the st- streets is twenty five, but sweeping side is fifty. Fifty dollars. We, we increased it a couple of years ago. Yeah, and that's been quite controversial at times. Has there been any? This, there was some discussion a, a while back that perhaps um, they they might take a revisit that. But to your knowledge, are they doing anything that? There was some discussion over on changing it changing the amounts, and there was talk of making it higher and keeping higher. it the same. Oh, really? And when, it, when we first started talking about it, it was, it was the reason for it is because some of the specific areas, so say like uh, off of Pearl Street, Chester Street, Sterling Street, those streets are so close to the T that people would park their cars in front of, you know, your house, my house, yeah. and, and the street would never get swept because they'd hop on the train, they'd park their car, and they'd come home and the street would never get swept. So there's certain areas in the city that fall into that where people are parking. Um, and so we, we thought of increasing it may 
um, to, you know, defer people to park other places. Yeah. So um, making it the $50, I think once, now we're putting signage out on every street. There was no signage at one time. We, we went by the social media, the, the, they dropped the flyers, but now every street's getting signage with the instructions of when the street sweeping is going to happen. So, um, you know, we're moving forward, but it was in an effort to get a better job on, with less cars on the street. In fact, I, you mentioned that about people. Uh, I have a friend of mine who was, who was a chronic complainer to me uh, just in conversation at different times. She lived in Faulkner Street. Okay. And she said that there'd be cars parked on Faulkner Street every morning. People didn't live there, and they would get some exercise. They'd park there and walk down to Marlin Square to get on the tee. And then, then, so what would happen when the when the sweepers came by? They'd either have to pass a good chunk of the street, or they'd end up. And, and her her complaint, by the way, was that uh, they didn't. There was nobody trailing trailing to tag the cars, so they, the people had fortunately would. Would get the benefit of the exercise, get the benefit of not paying to park the car, and the, the neighbors would end up with the, with the stuff laying on the sidewalk till the right. next month. And that's a and that's a common uh, concern that we used to get calls all the time. Um, people would call and say that there's been a car parked here. It's not anyone on their streets. They wouldn't know who it was, and it would be somebody parking to go do business somewhere else or hop on the train or, yeah. you know, and it, we felt it wasn't fair to our to our residents to not be able to give them the um, the services that they deserve, which is the sweeping and giving them a clean street. So that's why, you know, after many discussions, it was bumped up to 50. But, uh, of course, like anything, cha anything with change is, uh, is difficult. Yeah. Uh, um, now, you mentioned Chester Street. Are those streets in that area, do they permit parking, resident parking? I think now they're residential parking. Yeah. But, again, even with that, even with that people, you know, try to... If they can get away with it and yeah. not have to pay to park yeah. and hop on the train, you know, they, I think some of them are twenty-five dollars and different things. We'll take we'll take the chance. Yeah. And uh, now, hopefully, that that with the increase of that and the residential parking, um, you know, it's less less outside vehicles that are parking there. Yeah, you mentioned Ron Hogan, Ron, Ron Hogan earlier, and he uh, he was on the show a few months ago, and he's involved with the the parking program, and and. Uh, uh, you know, just as an observation as a citizen, I, I really think that the city of Marlin has been extended themselves in, in trying to be fair in the in the way that they handle the, the the parking with the with the new meters. When when the system was first implemented, the um, there was there was tags of tickets being um, issued, and it turns out that people have a quick hop in and out of. Uh, a, a business site in maybe down here in Pleasant Street. So the result was the city gave 15 minutes free. Right. So that gave you a chance to do that quick errand and not and not and and for that I thought was very reasonable. Partly because I've had some experience recently. I've been up for personal reasons in Lowell several times, and I know this isn't part of your your your, your function, but in Lowell the um, um, you have to punch in the meter number. Okay. Separate. It's 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 at one si spot for the street side. Okay. So you'd have maybe eight or ten meters or fifteen meters on one side. Not every spot is a as a meter for different reasons. There'd be handicap parking, curb cuts, and whatever. And um, <laughs> and in my case, um, I ended up uh, going in, putting money in the meter. Now you can use a card, credit card. You can use yeah, coins. Yeah. And I put the money in. And I was doing a quick errand, uh, I thought, and it was quick. And I came out and I had a ticket. And I couldn't figure it out. And I looked, and, w and what it is is um, you, get a, you get a little paper uh, notice when you put the money in that tells you when the expiration of your meter is. And I looked, and I was actually issued a ticket. Oh, but that's the first thing. Marlon gives you 15 minutes for a quarter. Lowell gives you 10 minutes. Oh. And I'm thinking, I, I was thinking 15 because I was used to getting 15 minutes for, and uh, the second thing was, when I looked at the time, I ended up, uh, I couldn't figure it out because I, I ended up getting a ticket, even though I still had time on my meter. In fact, they tagged me one minute after I was, I had put the money in. Oh. And well, then, then what had happened was, uh, I had put the, I punched in the wrong number. Okay. So that, and, and, um. 
So as it turned out, I felt, well, that's a, that's a, that's a circumstance. So I appealed it. I haven't heard back yet, but I might be. But the other thing that's kind of interesting, I was told when I when the process, uh, and we're getting kind of away from what you're here for, but again, it's a, the meat is, is, is whether it's Boston or Malden or Lowell, uh, if someone had put two hours on that meter, and let's say the number was 165, and I had punched in 165 and I was 166 or 167, yep. that would have, have resulted in wiping out their time. And then, so uh, I would be at the wrong meter. And their They'd meter would they would get wiped out. So, they, <laughs> so with the the person at the parking clerk's office said, we, "We have to check and see if they got a ticket because if they did, then." But in theory, I said, well, "Look, I'm sure if they got a ticket after they put two dollars in, if they did, they would have been here already." <laughs> but anyway, um, but I, but again, having had a, over the years being in Boston uh, years ago, where parking was at a premium even in those days, and as I said, my experience in law. I think Malden has done a, a very fair and balanced way to try and, and with those signs now on the on the, on the residential area, now people can't use that as an excuse that they. Uh, yeah, no. Ron, Ron Hogan's done a great job yeah. with the, with the uh, metering and in the square, and I, and again, like you say, I think that 15 minute um, free grace period is a, is a a nice thing, you know, for someone in, that, for instance, is going to park in the square to run over to Dunkin' Donuts in the morning to get a coffee right. and, and run out and, you know, quick moving and uh, it's good for the businesses too so people can have somewhere to park to, to purchase. Yeah. So. yeah, the uh, one other quick war story on the park and a friend of mine was complaining about it. He, had, he had does business with Eastern Bank. They have an office down on Pleasant Street Right. and he pulled in to, uh, to run in and make a deposit and um, it was only going to be obviously two or three or four minutes, whatever, and he had found a space right in front, literally in the front door. But he ended up uh, not having a change, which sometimes someone was going to lug it around. So he had to use the card, I think, the minimum is a dollar. And I reminded him that I said, you didn't have to put anything in because it's the first team minutes for free. Minutes. He didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so they got him for a buck. Oh, well, he paid the dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so someone else had pulled him after maybe got the benefit of it. Right, yeah, yeah. right, right. Someone else yeah, got yeah, the fi yeah. free 15 plus the remainder right. of his dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried that here. I just parked here. I, I don't know why we're dwelling on that. That was my own thinking maybe. I, I, instead of having 15 minutes, I had 24 minutes or somebody else's <laughs> spot. So I figured, well, maybe I saved a quarter. There you go. Yeah, uh, but uh, the... the um, the the rubbish system, um, I think a lot of times, one of the things that was called to my attention recently in an article, and this was on the the, the importance of recycling, and I know in Malden had controversy years ago with the, with the bags, but yeah. what it was overlooked by a lot of people, and, and I saw that when I was in office, that if you didn't have a system where people bought bags, they would have, a lot of people would make it, they would just chuck everything together, which... Obviously, became very expensive for the city. So, even though it was a revenue raiser from from the printer's point of the city in terms of selling the bags, the other part of the the situation was they substantially reduced the cost of the of the tonnage that they they had to go to the landfill. Right, and that was a big number, and that's 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 probably as much of a motivator to have the bags cost something as it is for for anything else. Yeah, so the trash the trash prior to Page at Throwo, um, I'll, we'll never forget that first day of Page at Throwo, October 2008. But uh, our recycling numbers were, were pretty poor before, prior to Page at Throwo. We were under 1,000 tons um, a month it's, you know, for recycling. Now we're over 4,000. And the trash for, for the year was um, over 24,000. And now we're down to about eleven thousand. Yeah, so it's 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 substantial difference. Yes, and and that's obviously uh, the indirect effect of a, a significant savings, uh, because um, again, like I said, people used to, were complaining. They still sometimes occasion do about the bags, but what isn't looked at is what would happen if you if you had the old system. People would just throw everything together and let the, let the landfill deal with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It does it does make you um, a little bit of aware of of you know doing the doing the right thing because obviously you want to save a, a, a dollar or two dollars on putting an extra bag out, and if you can put out you can put as much recycling out as you want 
for free. Um, so it may, it makes sense to do the right thing. So our numbers went up again from under a thousand to four thousand yeah. tons a, a year for uh, recycling, and hopefully even you know go up even more. It, the uh, the young kids now in school are learning about recycling and. You know that's going to be good for the for the future. People like you know that are that are older, like like us. It wasn't so. Not big. like you, maybe like me. Yeah, I'm, I know. Well, <laughs> you know, I still wish I still think of the days of being the the 22 year old kid that came in the door. But it goes by quick. So, yeah. but the kids in school now though they're learning about recycling yeah. and they you know are learning about the importance of keeping our community clean. And so um, you know I think in the long run it will do do a, a great a great job. Yeah, I um I, I started when I when I got distracted from all my 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 problem with my pocket ticket <laughs> that uh, even even though there is a system in place for recycling, it, 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 and people I think are well intended for the most part, the, the, the article that I read said that about twenty five percent of what is recycled isn't really eligible for recycling. People put things in there that really are rubbish and not recyclable items. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's another problem. So right now we're a dual stream community, which means that you separate your plastics, cans, bottles, and glass go in one container, and your paper and cardboard go in another. We've looked at options to go single stream, which would mean that you can put them all together. But contamination, like you're speaking of, does happen where we, even now with the dual stream, where we get calls that a uh, load will have, you know, they stick regular trash, I mean, diapers and regular uh, kitchen debris in and mix it in with the the recycling to try to avoid throwing away the rubbish i mean again um single stream definitely is is one of the systems that it's great for the resident to not have to separate it but there's always that chance of contamination um with any of the recycling that you have i would think with the single stream it would, it would the contractor would have to charge more in order to, to to do the do the job of taking it out and, and getting rid of it, because obviously there's a, there's an added requirement to separate it out after they get it, rather than having done ahead of time. Right. So JRM actually has a a plant um, called Greenworks that separates all their recycling. Um, you know, so when the recycling goes up, they have they have the equipment that se that separates everything up there, but. To answer the question of increase in costs, you know, we've had many discussions with JRM and, you know, trying to find the right mix to uh, make some improvements or some changes. But we're in the midst of, a, you know, like a 20-year contract now. And uh, so to make changes would, would be an increased cost. It's just trying to find that right happy medium to, to uh, make it worthwhile for the city to make the change. Yeah. The one of the things that uh, is telling here, I think in Malden, and it happens in my neighborhood, when they um, uh, propose to put a bid in, let's say, and they finalize an arrangement with the city mall and for the rubbish pickup, p part of their expectation is that what's picked up, particularly what's recyclable, has a has a has a value to them later on. And and one of the one of the sources where they would deliver would be once whether it's J M J or whatever it would be that they would it was at least to go to China, and um, then they would be able to get a value to it. The other thing that's obviously a value, some people rather than bother returning Kansas to uh, uh, stop a shop or whatever, they, they throw it out with the other. And, and so that would be a, a source of revenue for the, for the rubbish company. But like I know in my neighborhood, we have people go through in the morning, they come by and they pick through what's out there and they take all the bottles that are returnable. Yeah, it does happen. It does happen a lot where you you know there are certain people um, in different areas of the city that that do that go out early early in the morning and they'll pick through and they'll pull the cans and bottles out. And from the looks of it, I mean, a lot of people do dispose of those and they're, they're probably making a decent decent return on what they're doing. I guess they wouldn't do it, but um, so they do do they do do that. But the recycling in Malden in our contract and I mean hats off to Mayor Howard uh, um, with this is um, the recycling the, they got a deduction in what we were going to pay for the contract and JRM which is our hauler owns the recycling for the good or the bad so if the market is bad which now it is the recycling market is very bad JRM owns it, and it might be difficult for them to get rid of the yeah. recycling. Or if the market's good, they would make out. But um, it, was, it was it was really a smart thing to do because we see the savings 
no matter what in our contract each year. If you look at what we pay compared to other cities around us, so um, in the long run, that contract, that contract, although it's a twenty-year deal, um, we're definitely benefiting from it financially now. Yeah. Walter Keller did the same thing in the seventies, and 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 then there was criticism, as I recall, at that time for locking the city in. But in reality, because of the escalating cost of a lot of variables, including you know, employees and maintenance and equipment costs and all. The city actually had a good deal in those days, and they had a long-term locked-in contract. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, the the rubbish company at that time ended up selling out to somebody else to take a not because of the situation, but because it, it ended up more than got a better deal than other communities because they went ahead and did it long-term and, and anticipated that would be a better way to stabilize the cost and bid it out every five years or three years or whatever. Right. We do have a we do have a opener clause after ten years you can open open it up and go out, you know, to get bids again for the same services that we currently offer now. So that wouldn't that would mean it would have to be dual stream or everything else. If so any other changes would be different. But and then JRM has the right to match any offer that we had. Um, so again I think in for in the in the long run right now the contract is Financially, very good for us on the recycling piece there, um, where that they own it for the good or the bad, and we make the savings on the on the price we pay yeah, for the hauling. Yeah, yeah. Now, the one of the other things that people sometimes may not be aware of, in addition to the recyclable and the rubbish, the city does allow people to put out bulk items, some of which won't cost anything. Yeah, so the uh, bulk items are free. One free bulk item per household per week. Um, it does not include a um, washer, dryer, or an appliance, but a bulk item is anything from a sofa, or a, a bed, a mattress, a box spring, a chair, and, and one free per week. So uh, that's that's a definitely a benefit. So if you put out your city of Malden blue bag, and you get a new new mattress and box spring, you can put the mattress, the old one, out, and they'll take it. You know, no stick and no additional charge. So they take the free bulk item per week. Yeah. But the, but the appliance-type items, those where you have to have a, 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 a sticker from the clerk's office? Yeah, stickers, uh, stickers are $25, I believe, $20 or $25. At 15 I, I thought for like a little uh, – I had a situation recently where it was a small refrigerator. Yeah. And it was $15, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not. But, the, but it depends on what it is. Yeah, and and then JRM takes them, and a lot of times, even with those people, because uh, of the metals, they'll 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 take them and strip them down. But yeah. um, the TVs or computer monitors, those are twenty five. Yeah, and they'll take those curbs. We used to take them at the city yard. You have to bring them down on recycling day, but now you can pay JRM directly. They're twenty five dollars. You put it at the curb, and they'll pick it up. Oh, I see. Um, which is, you know, again. Everything's a cost, but for, but convenience-wise, you don't have to wait for that recycling yeah, day that yeah. we have twice a year. Do, do you have many people come by uh, the city yard bringing items down there that, that, for whatever reason, maybe they forgot to put out the rubbish or they... So we don't accept uh, household trash down the DPW because we're not a transfer station. Right. But we do take uh, drop-off of yard waste, lawn debris, things like that. So you can take that down there. You can also drop off... Uh, tires, propane tanks. There's things that we will accept, you know, year-round. But rubbish, we do not, we don't accept out the yard because of the, that reason. Now you mentioned tires, and that's sort of thing. Uh, is there any charge if people? There is. So it's it's minimal. Uh, if you want to get rid of an old tire, it's two dollars for a tire. Uh, car battery is five dollars. So there's minimal charges, uh, basically, which just helps pay for the cost for us to us to get rid of it. Right. But uh, but now would tires be taken by? JMJ? No, uh, JRM doesn't take the tires. We have another company that takes them when we, we build well, up. But that's at the yard, not at the curbside. The JRM won't take it curbside, yeah. the tire. You have to take it to the city yard. Okay. And then we get rid of them. We have a yeah. vendor that we use to take. They come and, you know, they'll pick up 40, 50 tires at a time. And, yeah. uh, you know, we pay, we pay for the tires to get Yeah, 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 yeah. The, um, have the signs made some difference, you think, that because the, they're already in my neighborhood? Street sweeping? Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, from what the feedback that we're getting back, um, you know, people now are aware that, that say that they weren't aware. A lot of people would say, you know, someone's visiting you, and they don't obviously know the street sweeping day, yeah. and the signs are up facing in both directions. So I think it's just another way to make residents and their guests uh, more aware of the the um, sweeping 
parking yeah, rules yeah. for the city, and uh, I think it's definitely benefited. You know, we're not looking to make money out of this. We're making. We're looking to do a service for our residents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the the winter parking and the plowing is is that. Uh, tougher now than it was when you first started because of the number of cars that are in the neighborhood? There's a lot more cars on the road, uh, absolutely, and plowing itself is always tough. It's, it's the toughest time of the year, um, you know, w winter weather, and uh, usually most people are not. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're in June and we're not talking about snow for a while. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, it's, it's snow is definitely difficult. You don't know what you're going to get. Um, and the, the bigger the storm, the tougher it is. But cars certainly definitely impede plowing operations. And, uh, you know, we suggest that if you have a driveway, use it. We try not to inconvenience the resident by calling a snow emergency unless it's necessary. But obviously there are times where we feel that we, we need to get all the cars off the street. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a challenge. Now, uh, what what happens when there's a snow emergency? I mean, how much change occurs for the neighborhoods in terms of the cars? So if we put a parking band on, then uh, some streets are one-side parking, some streets are no parking at all. It depends on the, on the street, um, you know. And again, we try to make the right decision based on time of the storm, day, uh, weather to follow. If we're going to get five to six inches and... The next day is going to be 40 degrees, and it's going to, the storm's going to come in six, seven hours. You know, you may hold off on doing a, a snow emergency or a parking ban. If it's going to be six or seven inches, and it's going to be 15 hours long, and then the next day it's going to be 20 degrees, and everything's going to turn to ice, well, then you may. So it all, there's a lot of work and uh, put into making the decision that's correct, that we feel is correct for the city because, you know, Everything is temperature and timing and day and day, and is it school, and is it a weekend, and, you know, so there's a lot of thought put into making that call. I was thinking maybe the best time to have a storm, if we were up to the, the DPW director, we were like midnight to 1 o'clock in the morning, and <laughs> have it all cleared off by 5 or 6 o'clock. That'd be great if it, yeah, if it, if it yeah, would come yeah, in 4 yeah, or 5 yeah, hours, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's no doubt, this, this winter was a good one. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of work, and like I say, you don't know you can have a good winter like this winter, or you can have one like 2015. That I hope I don't see another one of those until after yeah. I retire, yeah. and I can watch the snow out the window. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. You mentioned that I not to resurrect the ancient history, but uh, there was one time in February, and this is back when uh, there was less flexibility, or there was actually more flexibility as far as how people park. This is back, and Walter was the mayor then. And, and uh, so, of course, um, they get a storm, and then a, then there was another storm. So, so what happened was the cars that were there for the first storm didn't get dug dug, dug out. So they were sitting there, and I can remember on Webster Street, there was parking on both sides. So now you have buried cars on both sides, and, to and of course it. the councilors get the calls, and so the mayor gets up before the council, and then of course they're trying to. Just justify their criticism and well, what, why did the city better prepare on and, and of course you didn't anticipate those two storms and so the mayor in his in his judgment having been there for quite a while said well we had two storms it's, it's not going to happen again and sure enough within a week there was another storm <laughs> <laughs> so the cars that were buried were really buried <laughs> yeah that's that's what made 2015 so difficult it wasn't that we haven't had big storms where you've had you know a lot of snow, but with 2015, we had back-to-back -back blizzards. We were there. I want to say busted the budget. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was the biggest one. I mean, we we did over two million dollars that year. And but if you want to compare it to other city and towns, Somerville did like 13 million. So, um, you know, it, again, it's all about decision making, and uh, you know, you, you you definitely you have to. Go on the side of public safety. So you got to do what you have to do. Snow's not something that you can say we're gonna not, we're not gonna yeah. plow today. So, yeah. getting back to the streets, there's uh, uh, a, a comment and an observation. My own experience in recent times, uh, and sometimes if the weather's good and I feel like uh, getting some exercise or walk around, I, I'm trying to do different routes because it just change the scenery. So it's not so boring to when you when you because there's not much you're doing when you're walking other than walking, but uh, I think overall um, the, the city has 
does a good job in terms of keeping the streets clean. You know, it's always, there's always difficulties, but more, more likely might be because of the way people park their cars. And uh, and I, th- I thought years ago that uh, Everett did a better job than Malden because you could even see that maybe on Belmont Street and the Rich Street and a couple of streets that we shared with Everett. And um, uh, whether they had a larger DPW for the city, I don't know. But I think in recent times, for the most part, the city does a good job. And if there's a problem, it might be more because of uh, those bins that stuff blows around. And that's something maybe that I think there's maybe discussions on that sort of thing. Yeah, there's been ongoing discussions always. And and again, if that's... uh that's probably my my biggest concern about the cleanliness part of it is, you know, people and it's a great it's great on one hand that people are recycling, and we've just outgrown the 18 gallon blue bins that we have, and we use the term snow coning. People, you know, fill them up as much as they can. They snow cone them, and if you ever get a day with wind, you know, you you see some of the areas. So um, hopefully we'll get there. We're, we're we're always working on on different options and. Uh, you know, getting those recycling bins covered would certainly help with the sweet street sweeping yeah. uh, efforts. Um, but uh, that's that's definitely, as you said, is where some of the loose debris comes on a windy day on the in yeah. the trash room. So what they can do for Plan A at the moment is they, if they have a blue bag that's being put up, put that on top of the the blue bin. And what it does is maybe contain some of the stuff if it's a windy day. And also, the squirrels don't get to nibble at the bottom <laughs> of the blue bag and, and start putting the stuff out of the bag. Yeah, uh, the other thing which you really can do too, which I know some people, uh, you know, don't maybe don't know this, but you can use a regular like Rubbermaid or any of those barrels with a cover, and we'll give you a sticker that says, you know, commingled or paper cardboard, and you put the sticker right on it. So you're kind of making your own barrel become your recycling bin and that way there it would contain the materials until we figure out what direction we're going to go but uh, we give those stickers out for free we'll mail them to you if you want to call the office um, if you use a if you use a barrel with a cover we recommend it it would definitely help our efforts in keeping the city clean yeah and what's the phone number 781-397-7160 781-397-7160 I saw a first in my neighborhood uh, recently. Someone had put out yard waste, and um, they have the you know the the bags they get from the super super stores, uh, big barn stores, and uh, it works except if you put them out a day early, as sometimes people will do, or sometimes maybe two days, or and it turns out it rains the night before. Some of the bags end up getting broken and split, and then the stuff gets scattered on the street. And and um, but what what he did. He put out his the yard waste and then he covered it with uh, plastic. Yeah, yeah. Good thinking. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and so, it's a very neat person. To, <laughs> that's an exception. But I said that's not a bad idea. You end up uh, and uh, the other thing is kind of interesting. We, I mentioned about you have one item that you can put out and the city will take. And you mentioned mattresses, and that's a pretty big item to get rid of otherwise. But um, I think the other day he put out a whole bunch of stuff, and because it's all neat, I think they they made, they bent the rules a little bit. Is they that took, right? They, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I don't yeah. know about that, but yeah, if he did, if he did, you know, good they luck. Bundled to him. and whatever. He did so. a good job, so they re, they rewarded <laughs> him, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, what what is that? What are the kinds of things that that you find are the biggest problems for your staff to contend with? Uh, I mean, again, when I first started 25-plus years ago, we had a lot of guys here at the yard. One of the biggest things now is is we have a good amount of budgeted positions is finding good qualified help because the economy is so good, especially in this, what we do now with we do sidewalks and concrete. and um, So if you're, a, if you're a good, you know, bricklayer or finisher or, you know, there's there's big money to be made out there. Um, so finding good qualified help that have a CDL license um, is a cha- is a challenge. It's a little different than it was years ago when when I started, where um, you know you got a fair salary and the insurance, benefits. the benefits were. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think when I started, the health insurance was free. Yeah. 
um, or very minimal, uh, you know, and, and again, with, in times, just like anywhere, you know, health insurance costs go up and, and everything. So that's diff it's difficult getting, getting, um, getting qualified help. And the other, the other challenge is always is uh, equipment. You know, like so we, we work year round. Like the sweepers go year round, and they're very costly. So keeping up with the maintenance and the repairs of the equipment is a challenge. And finding good qualified help. Um, I'm not saying that we don't have. We have a lot of good guys down there now that do that do a good job. Um, it's it's finding new new guys to take the place of the retire or whatever, and filling those positions with some good good help. Those are a couple of challenges that we deal with. Uh, now the recent hires, just as an example, kind of what age would they be? The people you probably find considering employment. I mean, it it, it varies. I've had I've had uh, you know twenty year old twenty year old kids just getting out of high school. Or, Decide they don't want to go to college, or whatever, and, and and guy they come for interviews. And the last hiring, I had uh, one guy that was 58. He worked for a company for 30 something years, and they told him if he they're moving out of this area to another state, and if he they'd love to have him if he wants to go with them. But at, at that age of the game, with kids and house and established. You know, he was left with looking for a new a new job. So it it's it's a wide range. It could be uh, you know anything from a young kid up to someone that's already been established and things like that happen. Now, veterans have preference. Veterans have preference, yeah. And yep. uh, um, any women that get hired to do the physical end of the outside kind of work? You can. We we we. And since I've been down there, I think we've had one woman that applied. Um, at the time, and she didn't get the job not because she was a woman, but she didn't get the job because she didn't have the licenses. Um, she had a permit, and and part of that we will hire you with a permit, but you have six months to obtain the license. If you don't get it within six months, then you know. So she only had a permit. Would you say permit? Permit to drive a car? To drive a CDL truck. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, truck. yeah. So you're supposed to come in with a CDL license already oh. in hand now. Oh. Um, but We've we've opened it up to even permits with the stipulation of getting the license, and uh, she was interested in it, and uh, but she just, you know, she didn't have she had the permit and she didn't have much experience. So what we're looking for with that is if you have the permit and you have a lot of background on construction and and building and whatever carpentry or whatever it is that we can utilize, it's worth taking a chance and and training you on the truck yeah. um but you got to bring something to the table to get in you know get the opportunity yeah now do you have a, a like a reserve list available uh, to go call on people that if there's a vacancy come occurs we used to do that we used to have the civil service list where it was pages and pages long of of employees we no longer do it like that now now we do it like anyone else we post it in the newspaper and online and every time we do a hiring it's a new group so if you you apply today for a job opening that you see in online or in the paper and we interview you great and six months from now another job comes up you can apply again or it might be a whole different group so there's no longer that running list like it used to be i see it's uh separate every time what are the kind of complaints you get from people Oh, that's that that that's, long list. That yeah, I mean, you know, in all in all fairness, a lot of people have valid concerns and uh, for service, and you know, we we appreciate the call that someone says, I got a pothole on Porter Street, and because obviously you're not on every street every day, and it yeah. helps us make our our schedules out, and we have C Click Fix now where you can enter it online in the online system, which is a great tool. The uh, unfortunate thing is that sometimes, you know, you obviously can't re respond to every request as quick as you'd like to, you know, due to staffing. But with trash and potholes and things like that, graffiti, those are quick turnarounds. Uh, sometimes with a sidewalk repair or a tree, you know, it might take a little bit longer. But um, so you get all kinds of concerns from different people, you know, many of things over the course of the years. Uh, I've I've heard. <laughs> do, um, do you uh, do you recall approximately how many people were in the DPW, DPW when you started? When I started, I know there was fifty guys on the highway department because um, I was hired on the on the highway. There was about fifteen in the water, 
and Pox might have had, I don't know, 20 or something like that. Um, and, you know, then through time, right now we have 21 highway, we have uh, six parks, and there's 10 in the water. So when those numbers sound like about 85 when you were there, and now they're now still less than 50. Yeah, there's 37 budgeted budgeted positions we have for for, for labor, and then yeah. you have the administration and um, you know cler clerical and and all that. But uh, you know, with the change of things, some things are contracted out, which back then you know there probably wasn't a lot of that. Um, but it's a good we have a good a good number to operate in the city right now, and keep people busy and keep them working and and the, the men and women of the DPW I feel do a great job responding and the, you know it's when when it's a time of real need you know they uh, they shine so like with the snow or if there's a, a storm or a, the water department with the with the water leaks you know it, it's uh, when there's a tragedy going on they they step up and do a great job and I'm proud to be be you know at the position that I'm at at the department head. One of the things that I've noticed recently, and I, 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 it's almost been a, a change, very definitely for the for the better, the number of streets that they're doing. We do a lot of we're doing a lot of roads. A lot of the roads now that we're putting together back together are from the water project, right. where they did all new water mains and and uh, services, and we're, we're paving the street. And we're, we are also doing some streets that the water is in good shape, but the road surface isn't, and we're paving some of that too. So. Again, in a perfect world, you'd like to pave them all, um, but we're knocking them, knocking them down one at a time. And some of the real bad ones. I mean, we just one of the worst streets that I got complaints about all went along every year is Forest Street. Yes, I, 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 what a dramatic difference! And Forest Street, we paved this year from Main Street all the way to Sylvan Street, yeah. curb to curb, and you know it's beautiful. Yeah. And another one that's getting done before the uh, before the winter will be all of Pear Street. We did pierce down to Bainbridge, but the rest of it, with there's 25 lead service lines that need to be replaced. We're replacing those service lines, and then we're going to pave that. Yeah. Bainbridge Street's another one. So we're, we're, we're taking some of the main streets, and we're really, you know, attacking them. Main Street, that you see National Grid out there every day doing a new gas line. From uh, Clifton Street to Pine Banks, that's all going to be new before the winter. Yeah. So we're, uh, we're addressing a lot of the roads. Yeah. Holyoke Street or Essex Street, either one of them, it seems to me I drive down those streets. Holyoke's fairly new. Holyoke's only five or six years old. Essex is Essex is one that's on the list that needs to be done. That's yeah. that's that's one of the ones like in the in the condition of Forest was before yeah. we did it. Yeah, I, I noticed um, recently. It seems to me that the uh, the area that's in the projects, uh, Newland projects, the Marlin Housing Authority. Yeah, yeah, that they that they. Um, I, I often thought that they, why don't they rent out the city equipment on a Saturday and clean? Because I don't think they do a very good job, or they even do much at all. But I know lately they've been doing the clean, sweeping the streets. Is that is that uh, with the city equipment or their own? We do it. We do it. Oh, we, do we, it. we sweep. We sweep again. It's very difficult in there with all the cars and the people, but we sweep the projects. Uh, the streets bad too. But that, is, that, is that considered the highway? No, no, the Newland Street. Yeah. No, no, it's a regular oh. road. We, we again, we we were just down there patching some potholes. Those streets are in in uh, poor yeah. condition. Uh, maybe maybe the housing authority has some extra dollars, but I don't know. Well, <laughs> the um, but, but would that be a city responsibility as opposed to their their responsibility? I mean, uh, a lot of the stuff down there is their responsibility. I mean, it's a city street, but it is in the housing authority. Like I know, like the lights, they own the lights. When we change when we change over to the LEDs, they didn't. Yeah. So uh, I'm not really sure if if it was a paving going to be a paving thing. If they would have a portion of it, or yeah. if the city would. But we do we do do assist with them with a lot of a lot of their work. Uh, but they do their own plowing in the winter. They do their own plowing. Tough, yeah. And, and yeah, we'll we'll salt that they have they have a one sander that they do the um, elderly. Housing buildings themselves, but if we're going through down, we're down on Ward Seven. We'll go through there with the sander, with the with the yeah, roof, you know. Yeah. So, so we kind of work hand in hand with uh, Steve Finn and his crew. Um, and again, just like like us, his you know his his numbers of employees have through the years have uh, down too. So, 
Yeah, I, I, uh, you, you, when I was on um, Forest Street, and it used to be a tough street to drive oh. on, and I think um, part of it, I would think, was maybe caused by the heavy traffic that'd be in and out of the cemetery, and all the dead weirs on the street. Whether it's a, it happens on highways with trucks, and I think it happened with with Forest Street with all the, you know, traffic flow, at least going in that end of the, the Forest Street, but. Um, they were able to work around that and get the street done. And it's, yeah, uh, they did, they did a good job getting yeah. it, getting it, getting it reclaimed yeah. and and done, and uh, you know working around the cemetery and that main street. And they get there's a lot of traffic that goes it's in. Absolutely, and, yeah. And uh, they they really did a, did a great job uh, getting that done, and, and you know definitely needed it. So yeah. um, if I was a Ward Five Forest Street resident, I'd be. Happy to see that work get done. Right, and it's a good it's a good time to do with the election coming up. <laughs> <laughs> if you're the city councilor, now are there anything new of a uh, major interest to the people that's going to be done in in, in your uh, capacity uh, with the DPW? Ah, uh, what streets? Or? Well, um, you, you, we've talked about that. A lot of that's been done, and the, yeah. the lighting has been changed. Yeah, there's been a lot of great, a lot of great, great changes, uh, and uh, you know, every year. I mean, another big one is going to be the uh, Salemwood, the Salemwood Park. Yeah. Uh, con although controversial, um, it's something that you know, in my opinion, needs to be done. Um, we're constantly looking to have the youth of the city out there utilizing the parks, whereas you know, years ago, you could drive by any field and you'd, you'd see kids out there playing ball and. Even myself, when I was a kid, we spent a lot of times in the park, and, and we well, want. You used to coach, didn't you? I did coach for yeah for twenty yeah. something years, yeah. um, and I enjoyed every minute of it. And yeah. you know what? It's uh, it's something about giving back and then enjoying it. Yeah. And then it gets tough when you get kids and you're at their their own. Yeah. My son plays hockey. My daughter does dancing, and you're you're all over the place. But uh, it's something that I, that I'll never forget, and that I really enjoyed, and and, and it's definitely. You know, when I see kids that I coached that are now 30 years old and have kids of their own, you look at them and, you know, you remember the little kid that was running around shagging balls. And it's something to be said for that when, you you know, you make a difference in someone's life along the way. Yeah. Um, Salem was school, and the controversy has been attested to that. Um, the one one thing that occurred to me as I read through some of the material that was uh, when it was being there's been some articles in the newspapers. There's been public hearing. That I was a little bit surprised that uh, since it's taken the city so, a relatively long time to finalize what they're going to do with that conservation preservation money. Yeah, community preservation. Yeah, yeah, CPA. Yeah. Yeah, and and it ended up the bulk of the money went to that one project, and then, then it turns out there are some people for whatever reasons they don't want artificial grass. They're looking for natural grass and. Supposedly, the, the the rationale is that uh, ultimately it doesn't ma maintain itself. You've got to replace it. And equally important would be that um, it's it's not natural grass, in which case it's 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 a lot more expensive. I don't know about all the right reasoning, but there seems to be a, 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 a some controversy there. But I'm not sure at this point there's going to be any changes made. As far as I know, we're, we're moving forward yeah. with with doing the uh, the, the, the turf. Um, again, we deal with Salemwood with with drainage problems forever. Um, there, you know, it was probably five six years ago that they were going to be doing turf down there, and it got shot down. Um, again, I think it's about this. You know, we have some nice turf fields now across the city, and if it rains today, and the way the field is now. You know, there's no games down there for at least a couple of days. If you have turf field and it rains today and it stops at 4 o'clock, you're playing that night on the turf field. Um, we see it with Maplewood Park. We see it with Pine Banks. We see it with, you know, Howard uh, Park, Rotundi Field. Um, it's definitely a great asset for for people to utilize the fields. It's it's no longer, if it rains today, you're you're rained out, you know. And, and again, the, the, the drainage issues down Salem would, would very difficult, yeah. you know. You, if if you got a good rain, it's tough to get the field back. Yeah. Um, so I think this is a way for kids to utilize the field, uh, um, doing multiple sports and uh, with less rainouts. It gives them a great playing surface. Now the Salem one is, is that is, uh, scheduled to be utilized by some of the schools for competitive games, or is this a youth program, for, perhaps using the park there? 
I'm not sure totally. I, I assume it would be a combination of, but I know like the um, the youth sports primarily would be utilizing yeah, yeah. it, but there may be some other uses too, but I would think soccer and uh, softball and uh, different things would be using it. So, um, you know, we're always looking for field space and, and, and they can use it. And the other thing with grass, um, it, the maintenance of it, you know, soccer is very big now in Malden. Um, and, you know, it, but it does do a lot of damage to the, the cleats, to, yeah. yeah, to the fields with the kicking. And, and if you look at certain parks, you'll see where the, you know, where the goaltender is. And the, so, um, you know, turf's a different, a different story. You know, you, you go and uh, broom it and you add pellets if you need to, we get it tested for concussions, um, the other fields that we got. So, I mean, it, it, as far as playability, it's definitely a, a plus. Yeah. Uh, we talked briefly earlier about your years of, with the with the Little League program, the baseball program. Yeah, I was the manager of the Colts and the Babe Ruth, and right. I coached the Little League uh, prior to that. Right, and um, it, that's one of the major changes, and it's not just in, in, in the Malden area. Uh, when my children were young, there were four leagues in the city, yeah. and you had probably six teams on an average in each of the leagues. And then, of course, the feeder system, when the kids got to 13, they'd go into the Babe Ruth program. Right. And then there was a junior, there was Legion, was another option if you really were sticking with baseball. But my understanding is now, in, in the place of those four leagues, you now have one league. They do. There's in one. fact, now, and I think some of the programs are split with Everett and with some other community. So the, the Little League has one. Um, just one league. There's, I think, five major league teams, and there's some minor league teams. Um, but when I, when I was a kid, there was the American, the National, the Northern, and the Central. And the Central. There was four leagues, and I think there was probably ten major league teams in each one um, at the time. Something like something like that. So there was a lot of a lot of kids that played baseball. Um, I, I would say probably a little bit to do with that is the change of the of the community, as far as um, you know. Baseball itself and soccer, and soccer, and now lacrosse are, are, are huge. So times change. When we were younger, you know, you you played the sport. Another thing too is if you played football, basketball, and baseball, you played it during that season. And then when you know Thanksgiving came away, you put away your football and went on to play basketball or whatever. And and now with the way sports are now, and I can talk from experience with this with my own with my own son, you know, if you are if baseball's your thing or hockey's your thing, whatever it is, you're playing year round. Yeah. I mean, um, so like my son plays plays goalie, and he's year round between games and tournaments and lessons and and, uh, and it's traveling teams. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's a different ball game now. Yeah. It was, you know, years ago you'd go to the park with your glove and you'd play all all day, and now it's, you know, kids are rushing here there, and they have a lot of lot of opportunities. I don't remember lacrosse as a kid, and soccer wasn't big back no, then. No, no, no. It was, it was, you know, you played baseball, or basketball, hockey, and football, and that was the choices in the different season. Now it's you can play almost anything year-round if you really want to. Well, I think it even, you know, separate from what we're talking about here uh, t this evening, um, it's even reflected in the at the professional level because when, when I scan – in the, the days uh, with the sports page to see who's coming up and who's going down in the major leagues. So many of the names are Hispanic names. So a lot of, in, in baseball at the professional level, so many of the major league players now are, are from outside the United States. And now you have uh, the NBA, which at one point was um, an all-white, uh, the Celtics were the first to have five players of color that play at the same time. And um, beyond any of that, now it's an international sport. There, there are some of the stars in, in the NBA today uh, are names you can hardly pronounce. And yeah. then you transfer, and, and hockey was even doing that before basketball and before baseball. There's a lot of the, 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 um, the international stars are, are in the uh, NHL. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, you know, demographics yeah. change and, and, th and, and things change, and change is a, is a good thing. And, yeah. uh, you know, so I think, though, you know, if you're in Malden today and you're a child in Malden today, 
and whatever it is that you are, is your passion, you have plenty of opportunities to play that sport, which is different from years ago when, when, yeah. when I was a kid. There's yeah. a lot of opportunities to play multiple sports. Yeah. On that note, thank you very much, and we enjoyed it. The hour's already up. It was a great, it was a great time. I'd be happy to come back again. <laughs> always, a, always a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you very thank, much. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Now you can, now can deal with your calls. I got a couple. Of those. I saw the light go off a yeah. few times, so I'll, I'll return those. <laughs> Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. All right, Bobby.